Hello Balloon Artist Podcast Nation, Zivi Kivi here and this is Season 8, Chapter 9 with Steven Dickinson. Steven Dickinson is someone I consider my friend. If you're a friend of Steven Dickinson, that means you're also my friend too. Let's hear the interview with Steven Dickinson. Take your balloons to the next level as we delve deeper into what truly makes a professional balloon artist with your host, Zivi Kivi. Now, welcome to the Balloon Artist Podcast. Hello, Balloon Artist Podcast Nation. Zivi Kivi here. And today in season eight, we have an interview with Stephen Dickinson. Stephen Dickinson from Appleton, Wisconsin, is a balloon artist for quite some time and a magician. And I'm so excited to talk with you here in the show. Hey, Stephen, what's up? Hey, Zivi. Thank you. Doing great. Yourself? I'm good. I remember the first time we met in Chicago. It was back then uh, the Chicago event. And uh, I think a year later, we met again in, with Debbie as well, your wife. And uh, we've been in touch for quite a few years now. And it's so cool to have you now on the show to dig a little bit in your journey and to share it with the world. Let's start with, when did you start with Balloon? When did your journey start? Oh, my. I was trying to think about that this week. And the closest I can come up with is 1985. When I was graduating from high school, and I was already into magic for a couple of years and saw that people were doing balloons. And I'm like, well, you know, I really should add that to my birthday parties. And so I started, started that way. And you and me, we both have this background of magic, and we both know how magic is addictive it's like a virus or a bug and you catch the bug and then you're in it probably for life do you find balloons are the same oh yes and actually as of late it almost seems like uh, balloons are taking over more of my side of, uh, over the magic how does that look like uh, on your services or on your event what happens that uh, balloons are taking over actually well, as far as services, I'm really looking into working on deliverables. And that's just something in my project for this year that I'm adding on because of stuff I've been learning at the Bloom Artist College. And as far as in my shows, I've always done balloons in the last few years, but I'm starting to add more depth to the stories. And uh, so, yeah, it's really taken off. And I really see uh, if I go full-time, balloons is going to be a major contributor to me going full-time. I think that I can so much relate to that because sometimes it's a process that is not just from within that you are attracted to doing more of the balloons, but it's also from the outside. Your customers are asking for your balloon artistry. You get hired to do all sorts of gigs that are more heavy on the balloon side or that include some serious balloon component. Give us a little bit perspective though because you've been in magic and balloons for a few <laughs> dozens of years by now. So like respect, hat off. But how was it in the beginning in comparison to how is it now from your skills point of view? When I first started, the big thing was being able to create a caricature or, or an animal from one balloon. Balloons were getting to be a better quality, so we were able to do that. So that was the big excitement. Now. Since I've been learning online for the last five to 10 years, it's just exploded. 
the amount of bloom types, different twists that we could do and add in and learn. Learning from everybody from around the world, that's just, just amazing. Whereas before, I had to learn from books. One Balloon Zoo was uh, really an excellent uh, book that I uh, had used back then, but now it's just exploded. It's just amazing. These days, like with technology and with Facebook, you can be inspired very fast by the different levels of balloons, but also you can touch base with people and be in touch with them and connect with them and learn from people from all over the world. Do you also attend any conventions for balloon arts? I have not yet. I have not had the opportunity. Things just not have lined up for me to be able to do that. But uh, definitely it, it's in our plans to do that. I think that once you start, you won't be able to go back. So, so the more you delay, the, the better. In right, a way. right. In a way. Because you do learn a lot and you improve. Like you just recently, I think, added the climb inside balloon. Is that something you're already performing with? Yes, I'm doing the beginning of it for sure. Getting my head in, getting my upper body in there. I'm still struggling with the other part. And part of that is getting flexibility so I can get in all the way without losing air. Find it very efficient for me to just go with my head inside, even just the head and This is still very exciting for the kids, unless they saw Guy Sheffer's show, because we're in the same territory, and then they just uh, explained to me that there's another way to do it and put your entire body. But I don't mind so much, and it's pretty rare that this happens. And of course, you need to be careful, just like you said, when you go inside a climb inside a balloon, you need to train your helper to know how to add more balloons to your climb inside balloon and you need to make sure that you know how to break through the balloon in case of, of an emergency. And this is why we make sure that on the climb inside course on Balloon of this College, we give a few tips like cutting the nozzle and stuff like that. I'm a big fella right now. And uh, I found that cutting that nozzle off was such a big help. Plus, I've seen performers that were not big in any way that actually will stop in the middle of the routine and add a lot of air, even on phases where you might think to yourself, well, they have enough air to go a little bit further, but they would synchronize or like choreograph their show in a way that just doesn't take any risks. And even on the half-body stage, with the head inside, they have a helper trained for helping them gain maximum air and then it's easier to get through flipping inside the balloon. So describe for us a little bit about what are some of your achievements that you're proud of in terms of, of the balloon art. Oh boy. I think my first favorite achievement, I'll go back to the 80s for that one. I was twisting balloons at a, uh, an event for businesses And um, they had booths around. So I was there to help get people over so they could learn about his business. I had a clown come up. He wasn't in makeup or anything, but a, a Shriner clown. And he showed me how to make a turtle, just a simple little balloon turtle, which now we make and we uh, put it on our wrist and ladybugs, we use the same type of twist. That is probably my first and my favorite out of, uh, of learning. It's so simple, but for me, it's, it's just so cute. And, 
and the the children just love it. I think now if I was to pick one, probably flowers, but not just a simple flower. Just adding, you know, making a uh, a big bouquet with a flower vase and a water bottle for weight, and giving that away or selling that and just making somebody's day. It's more than just for kids. You know, everybody loves balloons. Do you use an apron or a bag? What's your system? I, I started with an apron, but uh, now I use a. I just use a bag. It used to be a cooler, big gigantic cooler to hold many cans of soda or beer or whatever. And uh, so I get quite a lot of response when I unzip that cover and they see all these two sixties and one sixties and three fifties. And so that's what I'm doing right now. I'd really love to go. I'm looking at the Zuka bag. But uh, that'll be in the future at the build slowly. I think that your container is definitely it allows more balloons to be put inside, but it might be a little bit heavy. I can only imagine it might even be uh, like we measure in kilos, so I could imagine it could be even like twenty kilos. However, that is an ongoing process. We all optimize our bags and our setups and I use these days two different setups, one with the Zuka bag and the, like the Aloha bag in the Zuka cart. And that is like a smaller palette of colors that is very suitable for a birthday for me. And on events that I want to really have the full palette and impress the kids with some guessing games or something like that, I will actually have uh, my second bag, which is Copen style with six organizers by Ori Livni. And I just love how the organizers look. So what do you think is the importance of doing jams and playing with balloons and ongoing development with balloons? What, is it, what does it does for you? Oh, boy. The difference is night and day. When I first started, I just had the books. I didn't really go to conventions for it. Or I didn't know any twisters, hardly. I learned pretty much on my own. And so I didn't really go anywhere with it. Now I've been back in the business. I took a little bit of time out where I wasn't doing it for paid gigs, just for family and friends. And then back in 2007, I got started again. And ever since then, I've uh, the idea of jamming with people, uh, and there's a few folks here in Appleton that I jam with, it just helps my creativity just grow exponentially, really. I'm finding that I see a stuffed animal or something that I would love to build. And I'm seeing parts of balloons, you know, like a heart with a side vault twist on it. And I'm like, I never had that before. But working with people, I'm visualizing it so, so much more. I highly recommend it if somebody's just by themselves. It's just balloon jamming is it. It's almost like this is uh, an art form that was designed for... Uh for some connection with other people. And it's really a better way to grow and to learn the techniques and the ideas and to challenge yourself as well. Speaking of challenging yourself, you've been quite active in Balloon Artist College in the entertainment challenge where there were games to play with balloons. And basically the challenge was to invent all sorts of ways to do stuff with the balloons that will be Interesting. What was your experience around that? Actually, I didn't do the game one. I just did entertainment only. I mean, the actual entertainment challenge included playing with, okay. with ideas and coming up with ways to do stuff. 
So I'm calling it a game. It's basically, you know, okay. a challenge, sure. an exercise. Well, Zivi, that's a very good question. I love the challenge. It was amazing. I uh, kind of have a acting background, not professionally trained, but I've done quite a bit growing up with a local play that had been going on for quite a few years and, and school and whatnot. So to be able to act and perform and do these games and I have fun doing it. It's just, it's amazing. So to be able to do that and to make other people feel joy, excitement. I had a, a buddy of mine at my day job who he was looking forward to the video because I was putting them on Facebook as well. He was watching them with his child who's like seven or something. Every day we're waiting for a new one. It was just, they loved it. So mm -hmm. to be able to, to make a difference like that, you know, that brings me lots of joy. And you also took it as an opportunity to work on your production skills. You did the videos quite uh, nicely and edited and added intros and bumpers and stuff. Was that something you had experienced before that? Yes. I work with Corel software. It's a little less expensive, but you can do quite a few things with it. So it really gave me opportunity to put that to use. And that's a love too. You know, I'm, I'm a geek. I'll admit it. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's really nice to compare all of the, our passions and you managed to do, you know, performing and editing and producing those uh, graphics and social media. And it's really cool. Did you also, at the end of the process, can you look into your show and notice a change? Yes. There was one that we would, we had to do like 10 different dogs and it was emotions that each dog would have. I added that into a couple shows after that and it was really cool. In fact, I worked at a campground and one kid afterwards, when he was came up during line twisting, he was like, I want the stinky dog. Can I have the stinky dog? So it, it made an impression. So it was, it was really good. That's super cool. And imagine, he like, alternatively, he might have came over and said, I want the Spider-Man and that would take more minutes and more balloons and he just wants the experience. He's not, kids are very smart. They really do care not just about getting a balloon, but about the whole story and, and, and experience of it. So what is your challenge for the upcoming six months? My challenge is more on the business side to get the word out on what I'm doing, especially like balloon storytelling, been working with that. And I know that's coming out soon on Balloon Artist College. And um, you've uh, allowed me to be involved in the uh, upbringing of that one. And the stuff I'm learning, you know, I think it's really good. I've learned to really reach out to the libraries already for next year. So that's going to be something that I'm working on. And just improving myself. So taking what I already have, just practicing it, tweaking it, removing something if I, if I can't use it, if it's too sloppy or too much time to just fix it. That's what I'm going to be doing. You've been involved in the balloon storytelling uh, course in the beta group that actually were a part of uh, the creation of the course and were in a live uh, session group where every week you had an opportunity to work with any Banani and to build up your show. Do you have like a rehearsal show that you're going to do with your own story? 
Uh, yes, I do have uh, plans for doing a rehearsal show, but I don't have anything official yet. Right now, I'm getting ready for the summer, ramping up. I have a festival and this year's library shows to uh, finish getting ready for. It could be really cool if uh, after you do the rehearsal show in the summer, send us some pictures of that. We'll add that to balloonartistpodcast.com because by the time this comes goes live, this probably will be uh, already after you, you've rehearsed and it's really interesting to see the process and how you are going into additional income vectors and opportunities to perform and to entertain. And every step of the way, you're getting better and better and better in, in the way that you do balloons, in the way that you perform, and also in the services that you can provide. So I think right. your journey is quite interesting. You're a part-timer, and there's a lot of advantages for being a part-timer in terms of you have a family and you have social security and all of that uh, reliable income. Do you have any goals for a specific time in the future or aspiration for becoming a, a professional full-timer, basically? I think you're professional already, but I mean full-timer. My hope is hey, within a year, two years, I've not written anything down and I probably should, should relook at that. And uh, a written goal is so much better to have than just in your head. But um, I would say really by the end of 2020, That would be a great time for me to, to flip roles, go part-time at my day job, full-time here, and that would allow me to keep some of my benefits that I need and, mm -hmm. uh, and then just really make, make a difference in the community here and get paid for it too. <laughs> that sounds like a good idea, and I love it that you're not hoarding this and growing your skill sets and growing your marketing assets as well because I know you're working really a lot on that part and making your site better and better and all that important stuff too. So I think that you're very responsible in the way that you're handling this. In the meantime, we love having you in the jam sessions and in the different classes of Balloon Artist College. Did you uh, join uh, the current webinar series that we just produced, like uh, the Death of the Line Walk series? I have joined it, but I have not been able to participate live yet. So I want to go back and, and listen to the replays. And uh, it's just a matter of timing with the job and, and family life. How does your kids respond to your balloons? Do they still like you doing the balloons or is the excitement already gone? Oh, no. They like it a lot. In fact, I have a, a balloon twister. For one of my, my one of my two girls, so my youngest picked it up. And she does pretty good. She doesn't do it all the time because she's got her hands in coloring and drawing and sewing. And but she, uh, we got a really nice kit, and she learned how to how to work with balloons. So she helps me out every once in a while. How old is she? Twelve. Oh, cool. My older one is twelve too. She only does maybe. Um four or five gigs a year with me. It's really fun. My 14-year-old, she's like, ah, I don't really care about balloons. I'm interested in the magic, though, Dad. <laughs> so, but she'll encourage me, so that's, that's good. She's, she's a good girl. So. Sometimes even we, we just need that extra audience like to try new stuff. So that's yeah. valuable, too. So that's the lesson of today. Go and make some kids, guys, because you'll get 
some potential assistance <laughs> and maybe even some audience. <laughs> Steven, thank you so much for being here in the show and for all of your support throughout the years on Balloon Artist College and on all the crazy stuff that I produce. And I really thank you for also for your involvement with helping creating quizzes on the Kids Entertainer Academy. And that's like something that I think is very special that people can actually test how well they understand stuff. And you've been really instrumental in helping me improving our courses that way. So thank you for that. You're welcome. You're welcome. And thank you. Steven, I hope that by saying it here and now, you're now officially accountable for your rehearsal show on the balloon storytelling and for growing your business in the upcoming uh, year and a half. And I will personally for sure uh, follow okay. you to help you in any way that you find that you need any help. And be sure to give us an update so that we could put a picture to or five in balloonartistpodcast.com. And especially I want people to see your website. So tell us what your website is, but we'll also put the link on Balloon Artist Podcast. Well, my website is my name, Zoomalata, Z-O-O-M-A-L-A-T-A.com. And uh, you can go there and check it out. And I highly recommend it, zoomalata.com. But we will put also the link just in case with some explanation. I think it's important for people to see someone that is passionate about everything that he does, but also has an eye for visuals and for his site. And I think it's worth your time to check it out. So zoomalata.com, but also on balloonartistpodcast.com, we'll put the link as well. So Stephen, thanks again. And guys, I hope to meet you next week on another episode of season eight, where we are talking with the veterans, trying to look into their journeys and give you a little bit of inspiration of where can you reach later down the line, down the road. And thank you again for listening and see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs> I hope you've enjoyed this interview with Stephen Dickinson, a.k.a. Zumalata. If you go to zumalata.com, you can actually see some of the videos that Stephen have made as a part of his of Challenge 3 uh, in the Balloon Artist College, the Entertainment Challenge, where we asked people to make balloons in all sorts of ways. It was a challenge designed by Danny Schlesinger, and I think it's really a good showcase to understand uh, what, what Stephen is all about, what Zumalata is as a performer, and also... I think that uh, it's, it was a really fun challenge within the Balloon Artist College. We have 21-day challenges uh, a few times a year, and that is something that uh, you can go back and watch those uh, videos or, 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 or uh, assignments, uh, depending on the specific challenge. Thank you for listening for yet another episode of Balloon Artist Podcast. All the show notes and the bonuses are waiting for you in balloonartistpodcast.com. I'm Zivi Kivi and I hope to meet you next week in Balloon Artist Podcast. Bye bye. Hello, Balloon Artist Podcast Nation. Zivi Kivi here. This is Season 8, Chapter 9, and this is the tip section.
They want to share with you a story about this balloon artist that is a friend, and she had a problem with some bag manufacturer that didn't get back to her. Well, she asked him for something three months ago, and he didn't reply on the chat. And that made her very frustrated. So she went over to a group and asked them, Hey, what is going on with this guy? He didn't reply to me. Uh, is this something you've experienced? And basically, pretty fast, it was not hard to know, you know who is to, to blame. And it was basically publicly shaming. So first of all, I want to say my opinion is that you should never, ever publicly shame people, especially in the industry. It's just not a friendly thing to do. We are going to all meet eventually in a convention or online, and you're not going to like that moment after shaming someone. And usually, when someone is shaming, there's a reason why they do it. It's because they feel frustrated. Well, they might be even more than that. It might be even angry. Um, usually, here's how I look into feelings as something I can grow from and learn from and utilize as a coach. So every time when someone tells me how they feel and how, to, how can they overcome hard feelings, I always try to uh, remind the person that Feelings are good for you. Feelings are a part of being human. And feelings are basically an indicator of a need. And we'll take the, the, easy, um, the easy example, which is you feel cold. You feel like uh, your feet are cold. Well, what does this feeling telling you? It's, it is telling you that you need to put on thicker socks or you need to put on an extra layer of clothes, maybe a blanket. So the actual feeling is an indicator of a need of something that is lacking. What do you, does it mean when you're angry that they didn't respond to you for three months? Well, it basically means that you need attention, you need respect, those two things are not things that I, I, I think uh, I think highly about these things. I think these are important things. I think you deserve to be respected and you deserve to be heard, and you deserve to to be respond to to get a response. So once you know what are your needs, hey, it's your responsibility to get those needs communicated. So, for example, you can go back and say, hey, you didn't respond to me since last two months. Um, I'm going to remind you about our conversation again. I need you to answer this. It's important for me. By the way, sometimes your need is literally physical, like you need the balloon bag. That's what you need. But a lot of time, the emotional impact of needing respect or needing other, th other stuff are also important. Once you start to talk with people about your needs, they respect you. They want to give you, uh, they think you are uh, eligible for your feelings and for your needs. They just don't like to be shamed online. And guess what? When you're going to shame someone online, they're not going to be treating you very nicely afterwards. The, so the service that you will get 
it's not going to be what what you need actually and plus again we are all family members of this balloon family so remember that the next time you feel frustrated about something try to convey this directly with the right person with the right in the right place explain your needs don't be afraid to nag people are busy around this time of the year and i hope that uh, this uh, tool of um, identifying needs with the help of feelings that will help you i know it sure helps a lot of people that i work with and that is all for today thank you for listening for balloon artist podcast I, my voice is a little bit choppy today. I'm recovering from being a little bit cold. But it's so important for me that you will get an episode every week with a new tip, a new story, a new way to look into life that will help you become a balloon boss. This is what Balloon Artist Podcast is, is all about and this is what BalloonArtistCollege.com is all about. So thank you for listening and see you next week on Balloon Artist Podcast.